Hello, and welcome to the Old Farm Bus Podcast. This is the back of the bus session. Hello and welcome to the Old Farm Bus, Back of the Bus Sessions podcast. Today, I've got a very old mate with me. I love him to bits. I'm so excited about this. Welcome aboard, Dathan Horridge. Hello. I am on a bus. (laughs) You really are, mate. I'm on a podcast. How are you feeling being on a bus doing a podcast? Really good, man. (laughs) Have you ever done a podcast before? No, this would be the first. Literally? Yeah. After all the conversations we've had in our life, uh-huh. and even the one we just had in the kitchen, uh-huh. you have to do a podcast, bro. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you are designed and suited for podcasts. You've well, got so much to say. Well, I shall dip my toe in Di- this one, see how, <laughs> see how I swim. Now, matey, I usually with these podcasts go for people's origin stories, build it up, get to sort of where they're at now. With us, I love you to bits. Love we've been on a huge journey together, but I know we've not seen each other for a good while. And while I've not seen you, you've had a bit of a, a journey going on. I've been in rehab. Yes, <laughs> there we go. So I'd like to start there yeah, and then work our sort of way back. 100%, for yeah. Old Dathan, new Dathan, old Dathan, new Dathan. Sure. What made you go into rehab? What uh, actually happened to you? Was it a pivotal moment? I crashed into the back of a taxi after having eight pints. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew something was there. I heard there was a crash, but I didn't know what the situation was. Yeah. So. Um, okay. So basically, I'd pretty much, I'd left a job in October, uh, a really well-paying job at this warehouse that I was, in, I was enjoying. Um, I was about to leave it. But then this incident happened, an employee yelled in my ear, kind of what's caused, caused a threshold shift in my ear where the, the hearing went down a bit, really depressed me. And I started drinking and smoking more than uh, I ever have done. I didn't apply for any benefits, anything. I just started to spiral mm. and I just started drinking and smoking more and more and more. Uh, and the most irresponsible part about this is that I would keep driving. Now I would I was very used to driving with maybe two or three cans in me and I'm not proud of that but that is the reality and I went ironically to a men's mental health gig in Nottingham mm. uh, put on by this guy called Jay Sandu and it was a wonderful evening because it was around November and around Christmas time it was very busy at the bar downstairs and it was taking ages to get served and me and uh, Joey D- David, actually, who oh, yeah, was yeah. there. And we were like, well, why don't we buy two drinks at the same time? Because that makes sense. So we started just buying two at the same time. But then he had to go. And I just carried on. the, Even though the bar was clear by the end of it, I just carried on this too. And I, yeah, I just became really, um, I just wasn't conscious. Mm. And I was just in this. I can't really remember my set. And I'm really ashamed of that because I don't often black out and I just noticed that there was just this patchiness so then I'm I finished the set and then I'm saying goodbye to people and then I'm walking down the street it's all happening like and then I'm I'm sending a text to my friend in Heenan saying don't worry I'll be over soon I'm about to literally get behind the wheel after eight pints not a single part of me has chosen to stop and to reassess what I'm doing I drive, I think I'm looking at the back of this taxi. I've been driving for like 10 seconds and I'm trying, I'm, this taxi's slowing down a bit and I'm just kind of like, I'm just grooving a bit and then suddenly I'm just staring at two airbags. And that really? was it. And I'd done this right in front of a parked police car. Thankfully, no one got hurt. 
and thankfully I got in trouble for it and it was a massive wake-up call um I'd had this reason this victim um complex that enabled me to be able to drink and smoke this much because of the fact that I felt I'd been wronged I felt like I'd had had this incident happen to my ears and it just really I'd, I'd, I'd focused on that like overly focused and I'd stopped paying attention to the fact that I was putting myself at risk. Every time I got behind that wheel, I was putting others at risk. Incredibly inconsiderate. But I'm not going to, you know, give myself so much of a hard time over it because I'm thankful for it in a weird way. Mm. Because it got me to rehab. It got me to the Providence Project. Um, so that's that's essentially how I got there. That's uh, the second that it happened and after I was released from the cells... I went obviously I went to court and you know they sort of took my license and everything and I get that back in February next year wow but I uh yeah I had a, a phone call about a day or so afterwards with my parents and I said I can't stop drinking and smoking I need help can we put me in rehab and they were like yeah yeah they were like, I just we just want our son back I was like, oh, oh mate, that's got me emotional already. <laughs> what are we five minutes in? Don't do this to me. <laughs> that's so yeah, that's beautiful. that's what that's what happened, man. I was, uh, yeah. Have you ever spoke to the person that shouted in your ear, and why did they do that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I mean, I fit, sad thing was I was so upset about it, and then depressed, and then angry, and then we. He knew what he'd done was was wrong, but it was it. Like I said, I've I've made a lot of progress with what rehab have taught me to how to handle these situations. So I, in my heart, have kind of already forgiven him. Yeah. I talked at the time about, you know, how it had made me feel to him and how pissed off I was. But he's he's from Chesterfield. He's very much like, all right, sorry about that, pal. Shouldn't have done that, pal. And I'm just yeah, like, I get you. I'm like, okay, okay. It is it's case or ass or That's you. Yeah, yeah. I need to find my solace. So I need to know how I can deal with the situation. Yeah, yeah. And it's saying your peace, but then not wanting them to act in a certain way. And you're in your head going, I wish they'd just say da 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 da. But it's not what he can give to you. Yeah, so exactly. You, you. This is what they do with the serenity prayer. You accept the things you cannot change. Uh-huh. And people are a big part of this. Um you know, but that that is down to a thought. That's how I got into rehab. But um, as for rehab itself, holy shit! Go on, then. let's let's, let's jump go in. in. Let's I go was in there, baby. Gonna start dissecting parts of that story, but I'm already ready for rehab. Yes. <laughs> so go on then. Take me through the doors. What you presented with, and how you met. What is the whole situation like? Okay, cool. So just in the in the build up to rehab before yeah. I actually went when I knew I had my Look set at me date jumping story <laughs> <laughs> no it's okay it's okay <laughs> you little kangaroo that's <laughs> 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 <But, laughs> me <laughs> I uh, basically uh, in the build-up to coming to rehab because I knew I had my set date I thought let's party and I, I just I didn't have a license so I wasn't really going to get in any trouble I just I drank and smoked so much to the point I was getting, I was already sick of it before I got to rehab. I was just so like, oh God, here we go again. And the spliff and the can and the, you know, got the, and the heebadoobadab. Fucking <laughs> 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 Cosby dude, yeah. Is that on a family guy? Probably. Brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I was, <laughs> I would just so like, let's just get it. Let's just literally like binge it to the point that I'm doing this. Like, I know it sounds fucked up, but because I knew 
I was saying goodbye to it. Mm. I had to just have my last little party with it. And it was kind of beautiful because as I'd made this decision that I was saying goodbye to it, I started noticing dramas and all sorts of conflicts happen outside of not not to do like specifically to do with me but just to do with that culture mm. and I was just kind of like huh and it was I feel like it was like signs showing me you know if you keep on this path this is this is this and this is what will happen is this and, what and, you and actually it, want yeah yeah lots of that so when it finally got I got to Bournemouth I was taken up to there by my sister's husband a guy called Blessing um, who literally is a blessing he's, a, he's an absolute <laughs> angel that man and we had a long drive it was proper sunny then we get up there and we just take a walk on the pier I had a beer with him and then said goodbye and then I, I settled into my bed and breakfast and I stayed on that bed and breakfast for two nights and whilst I was there I um I went I think on the first night I went and I got myself I had some drinks and then I got myself a four cans and I went into the bed and breakfast and they had loads of like loads of little charity shop style DVDs downstairs that you could just get loads. I had one of this sad story about a dog called Hatchie's Tail. Oh, I've seen it. So emotional, man. Oh, I cried so okay. much. And then uh, some of the Harry Potter movies, American yeah. Pie, just just total trash, but just stuff that I just needed to see right then. And Don't I was you dare call Harry Potter trash. I'm uh, sorry, <laughs> darling. Please just take that back before we go on. I'm sorry, my I fully <laughs> withdraw my Harry Potter is trash statement. I made it. Go on, carry on. On an impulse, I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) So um, basically, I was just guzzling these down. But the taste of it, for some reason, it was just so like, it was making me physically like just not want to drink it. And I suddenly felt really warm. So I just went outside and I had a cigarette and I was just in the garden. And I was just looking up at the full moon. And I I just, I finished my cans as fast as I could just Mm. to like get them out of the way even though I had a whole other day of this, the next day that I'd, I'd have freedom to drink. And I finished that last can and I just looked up and I just went, and I threw up no all the beer, like all over myself. Like, this is disgusting. But I, I, it was like my body's way of saying, nope, we don't want this no more, buddy. And, you know, it was it was gross, but, you know, I like a bit of gross. I was fine with that. It would just, it would like, I'd, I'd just experienced this moment of just trying to experience that last bit of freedom. But, in my body was just so ready for rehab. It was just like, no, nope, don't want this. So the day before rehab, I literally just didn't drink. Even though I had the ability, the freedom to, they wouldn't have, you know, crucified me for it. But I uh, I just walked around the pier and I just listened to the ocean waves and I just I just sat and I just mm. stared and watched, you know. So, so, so that was creepy when I say I watched people. <laughs> like, I'm just there, like, hey, boring. <laughs> I was just observed. Yeah, yeah. I was just very much just like, okay, like, let's just, I've, I've got the choice and I'm kind of putting it into action now. Um, and then it came to the day. And, you know, here we go. I'm at the gates. Okay, so to speak. we're at I've, the I've, gates. We're at the gates. And something I love in the story, though, what you said, you've forgiven yourself now for the crash. 100%. Because looking back at it as well, could have been so much worse nobody got injured that's got to be the number one so weird. I, d- I didn't case. think i could have lived with myself if i if i'd have killed someone or, or really injured someone like i feel guilty about treading on snails bro like yeah, as in yeah. when it comes to in terms of humans like that would just such a because the worst thing that everyone in rehab agrees on is uh, almost everyone there drunk drove and everyone says the same thing because nothing bad has happened yet Mm. 
We think we're in control of it. That's the madness of the illness. We think we're in control because nothing bad's happened yet. And but I've given friends lifts home mm. after having a pint. I've given, you know, I'm not proud of it, but I've had to forgive myself for it because the best way that I can forwardly forgive myself is by choosing not to drink and, and use drugs again. Mm. That's that's how I do it. So like, ultimately, I get to the gates and they take me in there and they take me upstairs and they they breathalyze me because some people on the day down a fucking pint of vodka and then go in do they send them away if they do that no or? no no that's totally allowed because uh, they, they have they're alcoholics of course so, <laughs> you know, sorry you're not coming in mate <laughs> i know this is what i thought yeah. like i'd get in trouble if i was drinking on the day that's why i almost tried you know but um this is not the case some people would literally like just like bottle of wine oh, wow. and then walk through the reception door you know yeah uh, but the thing is what i i didn't know I learned a lot there because I didn't know this, but if you cold turkey detox someone from alcohol like straight away, it can kill, kill them. them. Yeah, they can go yeah. into fits. Alcohol's the worst one, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Most things you can cold turkey from, but I've heard alcohol Alcohol's for some reason is the worst one to cold turkey. Especially from. the longer run in your age. Do you know what that is out of interest? Do you know why it's so dangerous to cold turkey from alcohol as opposed to other substances? Yes. Because it's a depressant and the way it works with the nervous system is it is immediately removing it from the system with almost no warning can cause the body to go into fits, have seizures, and in some cases swallow their own tongue. And this is all to do with this kind of just like the nervous system it has such a, um, a sporadic reaction to having this thing which has got very used to receiving. Taken away, just mm. like that. Um, okay. So basically... Like, yeah, no, yeah I, I find it very interesting, really interesting myself. So what they do with people that are on the detox is they give them a thing called Librium, which knocks them the fuck out. What like, is that? I don't actually know what it is, but it's this weird, this, it's just this medicine that literally helps get rid of the shakes, you know, and stuff like that. And I was in the detox house with three people that were on Librium, but I wasn't on it. I was just given sleeping pills because, you know, I used a bit of weed to like, like sleep. Valium style they, stuff. Or? They were called... Um, Oh, I forgot what they were called. It began with, like it was oxy something, but uh, it was it always is. Yeah, <laughs> always something like that. Um, but yeah, all I had to do was take them, and within fifty, you'd have them, and within fifty minutes, oxycotton or something like that. I, I'm not sure. Okay, I'm, I'm, I don't know what it we'll was. Spend exactly. the rest of the podcast here and just <laughs> until we get it. Oxy, I'll just say loads of oxy yeah, let's words. Just, let's just Google some pharmaceuticals. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, we're all we, sort of more chill in this room together. So yeah, they, they well they take us into the center and they just they take a picture of us and this is how I looked upon. Uh, oh, get it to that one that you, you're good at knowing where to put they, pictures uh, and stuff. Uh, that's, my skin was proper scaled. You can't really see. Well, those, yeah, I can it's very see that hard really well. It, it felt like fucking sand to touch. Like I I drank and smoked that much that. Like I just started to break out gradually. Do you think stress was within that as well. Hundred oh, percent. Huge like stress, anxiety, depression, all all of it. You know, the cocktail of neurosis. Not a great combination. <laughs> no, is no, it? no, definitely not. <laughs> Want to take to Sunday dinners? It was, it was tough. But like when I came in, I was just so petrified because you make assumptions. You think you're going to meet loads of smackheads that are just going to be all like forty or fifty years old, and they're like, "Who's this new one? You haven't been here for long enough." And mm. it's not like that. There's 25 year olds in there there's 30 year olds there's like 18 year olds in there there's there's so many varying ages demographic of people yeah yeah big time and that obviously made me feel better and not just that but so many different walks of life i was just gonna say over. different walks of life people that you might not on the surface of the world just bump elbows with us as they put it 
but you do because you, you all have the same thing and the relief that I got was everyone spoke the same language as me as mm. in not not in terms of accent in terms of addiction in terms of everyone had that thing where they can't just have one and you kind of felt like oh well at least I'm being understood I'm, here. yeah I'm, I'm with I can I feel immediately like I understood but I is it all is it abstinence based that you're working towards then everybody there as a hundred percent abstinent based recovery they have a zero tolerance for once you're in treatment if you go out and use if you relapse that's it like you know you can be moved out that day um so it was it was in terms of like going into this detox house so you're there for a few hours just to reintegrate you're given a folder with some interesting like modules and stuff and then you're taken to this house where you're on 24 hour watch for a full week just Mm. because the first week is the hardest the first week you're looking at that fence you're thinking could i could i run over that fence could i Mm. hop over that Mm. you're looking at the shops and you're thinking like man if this supervisor wasn't here like could i could i get a beer but in my mind i kind of i didn't really get solid cravings i was just grieving i was grieving um the loss of marijuana and the loss of alcohol people would sometimes experience this grief maybe a a month in or Mm. like two weeks in but i'd kind of already started to experience it on the day i got there because i was like i already knew step one I am powerless over this. Mm. I'm power. I cannot manage this anymore. So, is that sorry to? No, it's okay. Go ahead. From somebody, what's the difference from an addict and somebody that struggles to moderate and have moderation in their drinking? Um, Because for people that need abstinence-based recovery, yeah, or for people that need to learn discipline, okay, sure. How do you know if you should go to that? space like rehab or not cool i'd say the difference that i've come to understand it is an addict has no moderation there is no moderation there is no like oh i'll just have a little bit one day i'll have i'll treat myself have a bit of a binge one day and it's 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 the regular um intravenous use of it on a constant level that's that's what an addict is an addict has literally already lost control can and you I, not think of anything other when you've on day to day than getting your fix at some point yeah it's and as well it becomes very unconscious it's almost like that's just that's breakfast that's coffee that that's that's you know making sure at least somewhere in your day you know that you get that i get you um like there was some bits towards the end i couldn't get out of bed until I'd sent the text to go pick up. Mm. Like if I didn't have any, I couldn't actually bring myself to get out of bed. I was so depressed. And the second that I got that, yeah, gee, I'll be over in 20. I'd suddenly have this energy to get out of bed. Mm. That's, how, that's how sad it was. Now it makes it, it's really helpful though for people, even listening to this, if they could relate to, do you know what? My life would be considerably improved yeah. if I could just not every weekend go out mm-hmm. I can moderate that and some weekends I just go for walks, some weekends I don't yes, need yes. it and live in that way to then people listen to this and can really relate to every day I have to pick up or I can't function. Pretty much, yeah. Mm. Or face reality. Face reality, um, okay. For someone who just maybe, you know, struggles to moderate a little bit, they're kind of in what we call the sweet spot. So you have the capacity to become an addict if you keep, if you become unconscious with it and just slowly watch it decline into more and more each time. 
But as long as you are, as long as there is some level of managing, yes, you know. But cool. the thing is that I can't accurately, as an addict, um, talk about what it's like to manage because I, I can't. I, I suppose <laughs> I called myself an addict for a long time. Sure. But sure. actually, what you just mentioned then for myself, I think I'm a sweet spot addict for to thinking of things towards uh, substance, um, alcohol, and drugs. Um, Luckily, I had a really bad time on a drug one time. <laughs> some taserings, some arrests, and that really did push me away. Hit psychosis, hit schizophrenia, hit the real depths. And again, same with you with the crash. I feel so honoured and lucky that situation occurred. Mm-hmm. And from that, you know, I really, I love whiskey <laughs> for myself. And it is now, if I go to my grandma's and I'm editing, I can, pro- I can go with two or three. Right, yeah. And feel brilliant. An edit's been done and that's good, but I'm not thinking about it. I could not have it for another week or so now. Sure. So I think I falsely gave myself an addict badge and it was unnecessary for me. And I put myself in a bracket that caused myself upset rather Mm. and shame attached to it. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't need to go down that path. I just needed to learn the discipline attached. But because I do have elements of that and I could slip into it if I didn't have managed, like you said, yeah, yeah, I can be empathic towards what you're talking about and the brain set there yes. because I have had it before. Yeah, so, yeah, that's really interesting. And I want you to keep on with where you're at with the sure, story. Yeah, the t- it's, yeah, yeah, it's sure. really helpful little side note for ju- just me there. Yeah, 100%. Ha- happy to be of a Thank of service. you. <laughs> Going to give you a big smooch after this. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Buy me a drink first. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, we use humour to deal with it. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we were in the detox house. And uh, in that first week, holy... It yeah, was hard. It was hard, yeah, it was hard. It was hard. Um, the second night I wanted to leave. Life was hard, to, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I went to life feelings, um, be living with three strangers that were off their heads on Librium. They're giving it four times a day. Yeah. And it's just, it's just kind of makes them a bit like, you know, they're just a bit like this human lava lamp. The conversation lamp. be very scattered. Oh, mate, they'd be, they'd forget shit. Like after they'd say it, they'd fall asleep all the time. Um, like literally you could be, you see some of them, like when we're actually at the center, just going like, and then someone would just have to push them and they go like, they go on the other side <laughs> just like this pendulum but um i wasn't on any of that so i felt extremely alienated but they had some a live-in counselor that was literally next door to me knock on him at 2 a.m and i'm just like i hate this man i want to go home i hate this so much and he's just like all right all right all right and it's this lovely uh, ex-addict called uh, sorry this lovely addict in recovery called um les and he's just you know he's just fully like it's all right it's all right the most you know talks to me about the positive elements of me being here you know just basically grounds me a little bit makes me feel less alone listens to me holds a safe space for me to just you know like i said to you before in the kitchen all addicts we have this childlike defiance and mine was like my arms crossed stood on top of the pillow for like no you know and i was just like so didn't get any of the people that i was with one of them turned out to be one of my best friends who's called g there's this beautiful man from Macedonia as this about this big. It just resembles like a koala bear. It's just the sweetest man. The other one was this lady called Bex who, um, you know, she was there for alcohol. Um, 
not like we didn't leave on the best terms, but we left on okay terms. Uh, but she was, you know, she 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 was struggling. She was very bouncy, high energy in the detox house. Very mm. very, you know, and I liked that. I, I think me and her got along back then. Um, but then there was this guy called Joe, and I really struggled with Joe, man, because Joe like was. I won't go in too much because like I said, there's damaging elements to gossip or talking mm-hmm. down about someone. But what I found difficult about Joe was that he was there for cocaine. He was extremely aggressive, mm. like, and he was 22 years old and he was just like this human box. He was just like this, this just shoulders and chest, just the, mm. just the walking square. And I just felt so that when I was around him and he just for no reason like say say okay camera say you're me this is what he just hmm. like whoo, 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 just oh, around you all the time of... but then just be like oh yeah so uh, do you like this metal band and then just be like whoo, whoo, mm. and just doing that and I'm just like fuck this isn't and I'm just, like I couldn't be assertive at that point because I was still working on that so I'd just I'd have my old classic way which is be passive and then be aggressive so I'm yeah. like okay could you stop that bro and then it just boiled down to me like throwing a chair down like dude you're all on drugs leave me the fuck alone and then, wow. then be like alright mate chill out I'm just having a laugh with you and I'm like storming off to my room then he's coming up to me in tears saying about how bad it made me f- him feel that he made me cry and then saying that he, uh, all of this stuff, and I was just like I'm te- I just told him straight up to was like dude you intimidate the fuck out of me and the fact you're seven years younger than me I don't I, I, I says I hate it you're in this young bit you're on drugs so you're probably going to forget this whole conversation you're, you're, you're so intense like please just leave me the fuck alone you know wow. and he's going like I love you mate we've got, we've got to be friends like no matter what and I'm like oh just Uh-oh. stop you know finally and this is the first week this is the first week like <laughs> How long are you there for? Four weeks. Oh, well, you got four weeks. Four weeks before I ended up extending, but yeah, four weeks. And I'm just like, too much, mate, too much. But on the fifth day, uh, and again, I won't go into all how it happened, but he ends up relapsing. He had, mm. a, he had a ground floor window. We always have to go supervise everyone. He had a ground floor window just big enough to squeeze out. And at one point, he comes up to me and he goes, hey, I'm going to the shop. Do you want anything? And I just went, dude, fuck you. I care so much about my recovery right now. Get away from me. Don't tell me your secrets. Leave me alone. I just went to bed. And then in the morning, I found out like he'd, you know, they'd yeah. breathalyzed him. He'd failed it. And he'd crushed up his sleeping pills that we were meant to take and we're doing lines wow. of them. And it like, must have cut up his nose something oh. bad. But as I say, it's not I'll, it's not you, healthy to to down to speak ill of him. We were all there for the same reason. You're compassionate. The thing you that scared me about him was that he was young. You're at that yeah. age. You think you know everything. But he was... It was just so intense to be around. With what so you know intense. now, a better way of dealing with that situ- situation, sexuation. <laughs> I would have been more assertive straight from the and get-go. Setting, because boundaries, are they important? In I was recovery? just people-pleasing at first. Yeah. I was just like, oh, that's really funny the way that you nearly punched me. And actually, <laughs> you know, and deep down, it's and... a resentment that you, yes. you harbour. This is the problem with being too passive. Yeah. You resent and then the resentment comes out builds either in aggression. And builds and builds. So I was already, I, I hadn't learned by that point to be healthily assertive and say, man, that's really making me uncomfortable. Could you not do that? Mm. I hadn't said any of this. So I just was like, <laughs> and then it just burst out, mm. you know, and obviously in retrospect, this was unhealthy, but I get that he, he had it. He's been through a lot yeah. to have got him there. So I, I'll, I'll just say that. You're sort of feeling a lot more understanding of who you are, mm-hmm. what you're willing to take from people. And you do feel 
in situations you can consciously say, this is what I want out of this situation. How far are you willing to go with me on that? If not, we'll have to not be around each other as much as possible. Yeah, the difficult thing was in Detox House, can't get away from each other yeah, you're all in the same house like for the whole makes it beautiful when you go into the real world though after that yeah yeah well you're moved into, you moved into your new accommodation after that week so he, he'd been he'd been discharged because it but luckily thankfully um they'd you know because it's a lot of money you have to pay for rehab they had basically said if you can stay sober for like two or three weeks and come like do what you have to do but in two or three weeks come back and we'll put you in the other treatment center so they weren't going to kick him out if he showed okay. a, a willingness. That's yes. all they expect from you, just a willingness. I was just very glad that I was, I just felt a bit safer to you be away have, from you, him. You have to be surrendering, don't you? You have to want to change because for people that actually have been forced into rehab and don't really want to change yet because mm-hmm. they like the, even though it's really destructive and painful and horrible and all these elements it's doing something for them. They get to have their fix. So for some people, same with, unfortunately, lots of elements of like depression and so on, there has to be this hit rock bottom level, I have to change now. And that want can propel you through anything you go for. But this forcing people into it and not wanting, the, the reluctance will always push back. Um, it sounds like you were at this stage where you were so ready to transform and change and he's just in this young mindset, yeah, and he probably was forced through them doors, to be honest, and given the money and so on. Yeah, man. So his time will come. Yeah, for real, and genuinely, and I do I do mean this, like everyone that I've met there and whatever experience I've had of them, I do wish them all the best with their with their recovery. It's just at the start I was very much entangled in other people's journey more than my own and then as I've come towards the end I realized the best and strongest and most compassionate thing I can do for anyone is just work on my own journey mm, and take personal inventory of my own self and my own admissions I make clips of this podcast and that's a clip <laughs> like that's the little snippet hello clip. Out. yeah yeah hello us in the future <laughs> go on uh, so you extended as well. Yeah, yeah. How long were you there for in the entirety of it then? 42 days? 42 days, six weeks. Yeah. Six weeks. Yeah. So we'd stayed, so once we finally, thankfully moved out of the detox house, <laughs> we got given new new digs and I was moved into this new place called, uh, on Noel Road. And weirdly, and this is the biggest, oh, little bit there. <laughs> this is the big, ASMR. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. This is the biggest trip ever. But you know, when I was having that last beer in the garden, and I was just looking up and I threw up all over myself. The house opposite was Knoll Road, the accommodation that I would end up actually now, that's staying some in. some serendipity right there, <laughs> isn't crazy, it? Yeah, right? That's crazy, right? That's Awesome. Yeah, so so I, you threw up, you had your last moment without Staring alcohol. at the house I would get better in. Oh, yeah. some poetry there, Yeah, mate. absolutely <laughs> wild. I Got me going, that. I couldn't believe it. Um, Beautiful. But we went there and um, it, like, it was just so good. Like, the, the house had a conservatory the kitchen was immaculate my room like, the room i'd stayed in the detox house nowhere to be like it was like a little shoebox everyone else got a huge room i had a shoebox no desk or nothing i was just having to do my diary crump i up want over to talk the- to my lawyers <laughs> <laughs> i didn't have no lawyers i was an addict man <laughs> so you're put into a little harry potter room then yeah yeah okay but then in this one in our new digs I had a desk, I had this, oh. it didn't work, but I had a fireplace, I had the illusion of, of the fireplace, I had the, you know, just such high ceilings, and oh. I was just like, 
I was so happy. <laughs> like Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was so gassed to have been given that space. And mm. then from then on, then I really got into therapy. Like I really got into what rehab was about. Because the whole first week, you are fighting it. And I don't know why, you just are. You just are, my. You're hearing people share their life stories. Um, and I mean that quite literally, because that is an assignment that you have to do where you share your life story at the front of the Sort of your journey. Class. Yeah, yeah, you do oh. it for 20 minutes, then everyone um, says what it brought up for them. And that, You being the performer, I bet you were in your element there. <laughs> yeah, you think that, but... Really? Was it a bit different? Me, I was terrifying. My life story is sad, but also, like, it's... I didn't realise how... You know, and that's what one of the, the counsellors said after he heard it. Because I, I thought, I went in there saying it's really dark. And I said, anyone who's left to walk, if anyone gets triggered or they have to walk out, that's fine. But like, I was like, it's dark, my story. And Steve Spiegel, the guy who founded the, the actual Providence Project, mm. like he oversaw my uh, my reading of my life story. So I'd been there for what, eight or nine days, two days into this new house. And I finally managed to do it. And I, I got through it, you know, I got through it okay. But he was said, you know, I just want to say, Dave, I don't think that was a dark. I just think uh, it was quite sad, actually. You know, he's got a very, he's very like tender kind of way of saying things. And I hadn't realized that really, because I thought, no, I'm this, I'm the dark, disturbed, horrible, chaos, chaos person. You know, I'm just, I'm just what life spat out. Mm. Uh, that's why I always thought about myself. Um, it's funny the stories you tell yourself, isn't it? Yeah, man. Like, I mean, th this is the thing. I, I have, I have always been a performer. You know, from just growing up in Germany with my with my sisters. Um, you know, we did we we'd invent plays and we'd invent like little stories and we'd invent characters and we invented this language called babies and we we'd speak we'd do all this crazy shit because we loved being imaginative. Um, but there were like some significant key points that came up in my life story as times that I harbored as 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 resentments or mm. opportunities for self pity. And the first one was when we came back to to England and I was bullied for having come from Germany. Mm. So I forgot, I, I repressed all the German I'd learned just to fit in with these these English kids and to mm. not be called you know the Nazi boy. And then um, me losing my best friend Thomas Halls to lung cancer that was that was the the second one and then the third one was just obviously me committing common assault against my girlfriend at 21 mm -hmm. and then after that it was uh the big debut gig like that was that was a real trauma that was um really yeah yeah that was a massive trauma that was um not a lot of people know but what happened afterwards it was a that would that were a big one and then some other stuff that happened after that it was just countless it just ramped up, but it all started from this kind of childlike thing. And when you're going through your timeline, mm. was it all of the big pivotal negative moments? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Did you not manage to put any of the, but there was this element and or, and there was this element and the beauty and the dark, was it all of a dark nature? I guess so. I, I had positive stuff to say, but... The thing about traumas is they, in your mind anyway, until you've received any kind of psychological support uh, for them, you let them overshadow any positives. Um, you know, the thing with obviously a lot of people knew about the common assault thing and still until I released Rainbow Skin and literally just said outright, right world, yes, I've done that. Mm. What? You know, and just kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to heal here. I get what I've done was awful, but I needed to put that statement out. Cause I'd we always... need redemption in the world, don't we? We do, mate. Because mm. at the end of the day, I, I know I've been a 
whatever but i've also i do have the immense capacity capacity to be teachable and to learn and i knew that my narcissism and my lack of education and my toxic behavior had caused me to act out against this girl when i was when i was 21 and that had in my mind no matter what positive thing i did i was always like yeah but i'm, I'm a monster deep down mm. i always knew that i've labeled myself a monster yeah and, and the thing with big um because i will get back to the rehab thing but this is something that i need to get out of like this was this contribute to why big fell apart like at the end because i'd been working up to that moment that that, that moment of releasing big to the public was going to be my moment of redemption mm. um Sadly, what happened was um, it sucks. It genuinely sucks, but it's it's just what happens, and it's important for me to be on, honest and transparent with people about about how it happened because um, it involved my dad and it involved one of my friends, and um, encouraged almost by myself and by the family to to keep quiet about it. I I didn't tell loads of people about this, but it really that was that moment. I felt I played the performance of my life that mm. night. And that was going to be my moment where I'd forgive myself mm. for all the shit I'd ever done. So there was like, for me, it was like I was opening this portal almost to mm. heal myself. And I finished playing. Mm. And then some guy comes up to me. I don't recognize him. And it's the brother of my friend, Rosie. And he just cuts through all the noise and just, you know, I was at the corner of the stage shaking everybody's hands and mm. they were going, oh my God, that was amazing. And everyone was kind of pissed as well. So no one really realized this happened. This guy goes, your dad kissed my sister. And I'm like, what? And then all the joy of that gig just went, gone. Just mm. like that, like in seconds, mate. And I was just like, what? 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 Nothing made sense. I was like, what the hell are you talking about, man? And then I was quite pumped and I said, what the hell are you saying? And I kind of looked at him in an mm. are we about to scrap way? And mm. he just went, sorry, sorry. And he ran away. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Mm. Then everyone's going, yo, mate, that was amazing. And in my mind, I'm hearing this. And I'm just mm. looking around and I'm going, and everyone's going, that was it. What day then? That was so good. And I'm just like, and I'm not there. I've, I've, the mm. moment's gone and it never came back. And I, I uh, Clouded over. What had happened, my friend Rosie, who'd sadly gone through some, I'll just say it, some abuse um, over her life. Um, me and her had become fantastic friends and I don't know, we'd kind of helped each other work through some demons. Just fantastic friends used to just go over to his and we'd just make art together and just gradually we just built each other's self-esteem back up. And she came that night and whilst I was performing, mm. she wanted a cigarette and she went over to my dad and my, instead of my dad doing the one thing I wanted him to do, which was to just be present and just watch the show, mm. he, you know, sadly, like he, he just wanted to fix Rosie's situation. So he, he got a cigarette from someone mm. and he went outside have a smoke with her. And Rosie got really emotional talking about how much she valued me as, as a friend and she started crying. And then my dad, just from a friendly perspective, but obviously he had no idea of Rosie's past. He just gave her a on the lips, which mm. I, you know, I've talked to him about this and we, we've walked through this as a family. We're not ashamed of what's happened anymore because we're just being transparent. But he just thought that was an okay thing for, to, for him to do, which I stand by, it was not. Um, I had no idea I was up there drumming and this was happening in the smoking area and D Rosie had had so much of this kind of shit you know and in her life and it was like she was faced with this feeling again of just like oh I didn't that made me uncomfortable but mm, can I talk about it so she went over to her mum and her brother and just said mm, Nathan's dad just kind of kissed me and just made me feel mm. a bit mm. weird and then the brother obviously like was like 
Where's the dad? Mm. Goes over to the dad, grabs, grabs, he's at the merch stand, he's Bloody grabbing him like this. This is all happening. I'm sure I was at this night. <laughs> Everyone was. No one realised this happened. Okay. Yeah, this was like heavily yeah. buried down. And that all happened. So then he says to my dad, to get to my dad, he says, I'm going to go tell, I'm going to go tell your son what you are mm. and just go there. So took away a moment I could kind of been working up to for six years. And in my narcissistic mind, it was like, I ruined my night, right? My chance for, but in hindsight, it was just that I felt just a little bit, I just lost control of that night. I just felt like I'd, I'd worked so hard for one moment and everyone still to this day was like, that was such a good gig. And for me, it's like, it was one of the most heartbreaking nights of my life, mm. you know? So that was what happened. Well, thank you. And yeah. <laughs> um, just because a lot of your story has been, I feel like this happened for a reason. Mm -hmm. The car, the going in, the being sick and seeing the house. Yes. Was that for a reason? Do you feel? 100%. Yeah. That taught me an invaluable lesson about do not put all your cards of your happiness on one moment. Hey. Keep creating, keep creating. Dathan, we're yeah. learning some good things on this bus today, baby. <laughs> That's but beautiful. It does, That's you a can... nice way that you've taken that message. And to forgive. You know, that was a big one on forgiveness for me because I, you know, I'd had my things where I had to forgive myself and now I'm in a situation where I have to forgive a family member and, mm. you know, I've also got Rosie apologising even though she, really what she did I felt was just circumstantial. I don't think it was her fault. Long story short, I harboured that in my heart as a long time and the reason... After that point, I stopped being present for big in my mind. I was at the gigs. I was at the shows. But I was always trying to one-up that gig. Mm. I was always like, okay, that was a great gig. But I was like, we need to do better. We need to try harder. We need to do more. It was so, it was a corrosive mm. attitude for the big. Because big, on its own and yeah. by its own agenda, was fantastic. It was absolutely fine. Mm. But the only thing that killed it yeah. was my insatiable urge to make it yeah. something more. And they... How many people were in Big Four? It's five. Five. It was Kelly, Gabe, Bruce, Nick, and me. Yeah, because they're, then... they're four different people, all on their own little journeys in life, their own little values, their own little wants, their own vision of what it is. 100%. And if it's not quite discussed and agreed upon and boundaries aren't set, then you're trying to drag them through a life that you have in your mind oh, to yeah, live. Oh, yeah, 100%. And they're going, oh, actually, I thought it was just playing with mates or whatever that that's was that's all it was but i couldn't see it that. yeah I, I had such what's called delusions of grandeur yeah i i was going to make it and i was gonna get there no matter what get you. that's what i kept telling myself every fucking day and sadly you know it just it was a bit too much for gabe and kelly understandable just because they were quite young and then with nick and bruce like i love those guys to pieces but like I, I took them for granted. I took them completely for granted for what they were doing. Mm. And they were just trying to help me. They were just trying to remind me mm. of just what music actually was. What going, hey man, you. look. And Bruce just going, and me just going, yeah, but how are we going to like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> succeed from this? You know, it was, it was yeah. so childlike. Can I ask in nature. just that character of you that really wanted to succeed, really wanted to become something, make it quote unquote, whatever that is. Yeah. Where's that stem from? Do you know who that character is and why it exists so strongly? That's because I'm Jesus. Yeah. No, no, it's, uh, no, the re <laughs> you are to me, mate. No, no, no. Um, the, that just comes from. I I don't really know. I don't know the origin. Okay. I just have always enjoyed creating, and I, the funny thing was, is I just I've always enjoyed creating, but then I got to these bits where if I got so much validation 
for it i thought well it must be my task to have my name in lights you know I and i just it's yeah but i, that's I don't know been, exactly where it came it's from it's never been directly said to you <laughs> that's sorry, awful sorry none of that sorry <laughs> it's getting edited out that bit <laughs> <laughs> little burpolino sorry. Uh, but it's never been something overtly said to you then somebody's said you're going to be so special you're going to make it you're going to be this thing i had i had a i had a Elements fair bit of that. that and i think probably that was Could've how i digested them part of it couldn't it I, I did my own little course recently and that was something i remember even the golden child yes and being this special figure my grandma sort of put that on me and you're going to amount to da 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 yeah and then it still comes from a place of not being enough. Mm -hmm. And as you're going through life, you have to exceed this part of you where I kind of just want to relax. I just want to feel enough. I want to feel being in my pants and playing PlayStation is enough as well as getting on a stage and being absolutely incredible is enough. And both of those you can do, but feel absolutely enough. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So So with, with, um just bringing it back to the life story because that was that was that got included all of that got included in when i read that and you do they say you're going to feel a relief when you read your life story to the group even though it's right hard writing it Mm. because you have to do about six to eight pages and weirdly enough towards the end your hand you're getting cramp you're writing so fast but it's Mm. just getting the ball rolling going okay i was born and then i grew up here and then i had a friend called jeremy and and all of this shit but you eventually you start you know you get into the flow and when you read it everyone listens and everyone talks about what they brought up and someone's like oh mate you know i had this happen to me or like you know like mate everyone shows you hey you know that i've been there it wasn't exactly like this but it was kind of like this and then everyone's like a round of applause blah 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 blah. you get given your next assignment you stand up everyone comes up and like like, cues up and gives you a hug and pat on the back Mm. and you go out for lunch and it's like boom how many were in that room (sighs) 30 maybe yeah maybe just under 30 and all doing 20 minutes together oh no no as in when you do your life story oh sorry it's just for you so that whole hour yes you read yours that's you and then everyone shares a little bit everyone's ah, sat watching you're right. at the front so it's like everyone's sat kind of facing was, the way yeah. you are i'm sat at the front with a counselor here right the, in this case it was steve and we were just literally wow. just reading away and then everyone reads back comes up to the front gives you a hug and everybody gets to go at that eventually yeah yeah wow yeah. that's yeah. cool yeah, you have it like you have a life story three times a it's week. It's beautiful that you can have all that onus and emphasis on you though, and you yes. can, and people can contribute and add because it takes the it takes the weight off, man. Yeah, like, you know when you cool. fully because the funny thing is, is until I'd had that moment, I felt like just because I'd never had like a long term experience with therapy, my poor poor past friends have been my therapists. You know, yeah. <laughs> and I really emphasize on poor, like, you know, in hindsight, like, God, yeah. they've taken an ear beating. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just truthfully, like, you've probably probably beaten your ear a few times with, with what's happened to me. But the thing is, yeah. the problem with the way that I used to say it was it was never resolved. It was just, uh, we're, talk- we're talking about the weather. And then the next thing I'm going, God, this happened to me in France. And everyone's almost like, holy shit. You know, and I'm just, mm. this whole, like tangent thing that i'm going off on and it never felt like it had any focus or resolve whereas if you read it all concisely from the start to when you were born to at the end and you go and then i came to rehab that's me and mm. they were like you know just like oh it's cool 
And you saw there with there the it is. There's my life. fixing before yeah. when you're doing it with friends and it's mm-hmm. all confused state. There isn't actually an agenda of fixing yourself. It's just saying it for saying it's sake because yeah, you're having dude. that connection thing. 100%. But they don't know what to do too. But when you're all in this area together for the focus of fixing, yes. it's got a completely different tone to it, hasn't it? Yeah, man. Mm. Yeah. And um, I mean, in terms of, I could fill five podcasts amount with the, with what rehab was as a whole so i will definitely try to keep it relatively concise nice, but after that assignment we were given you know the consequences assignment and that's a similar layout you're at the front of the class again but it's a lot more the consequences of your using when you first started using how it made you feel um how it affected people what was the four things you lost you know and i was like direction i lost time i lost friends i lost you know, um, care about myself, health. I guess. Yeah, health, health. Mm. You know, there's there's countless ones, but to see it all there and be reading, you know, like, okay, let's say like, what was the times you tried to moderate or use or cut down on your behavior? And then it says in brackets, by doing this, you've already lost control of your addiction, you know, mm. that you'll, you might like, you know, try to, oh, I'll only have three cans today. Or, mm. Oh, you know, I'll save a little bit of weed for me the next mm. day. And it's, 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 by doing that, you've already lost control. You're, it's just this mental aerobics you're performing in order to just prove to yourself, I've got some level of control over this, but mm. you, you don't. And when you read your consequences, you do this thing, which is really hard, called the five-year relapse letter, mm-hmm. which is writing to yourself in 2027, and the five-year recovery letter. Now, the relapse letter is assuming that you leave rehab and it's somewhere along the journey in five years, you've relapsed again. And it's writing to yourself or a loved one, brackets, if you have if you have any left. And it's about, mine was to myself, I was like, dear Nathan, rah, 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 you idiot. Like, you've thrown it away. And you just kind of say, I've, I'm living with homeless people now, or I'm this. And I was, you put your own personal projection over mm. what you think may happen if you were to relapse. And it's scary, mm. the, the, the discompassionate but honest way you speak to yourself. Then there's the recovery letter, which is obviously the one we're trying to make come true. And it's like, well done, Nathan, you beautiful man. He's still doing the the program, blah, blah, blah. And it's, you realize where you actually want to be. You want to, you want to make that recovery letter come true. And it's all about like positive envision, future envisioning. And um, yeah, then again, similar thing. Everyone speaks about what it brought for them. And again, that can be really sad because people tell you, tell you some, you know, some powerful stuff. And then, yeah, big round of applause and mm. get through it. And so those were the like big assignment ones. A typical day of rehab consisted yeah. of waking up and filling out the diary entry that we should have done the night before uh, on the kitchen table in a hurry between uh, coffee and breakfast. I did get better at doing it the night that I was meant to, but most of the times we'd haphazardly do the diary entry of the, of the night before. And then we'd walk to rehab. Luckily ours was about five ten minutes away from the center not far at all uh and then we get in there coffee with everybody hello 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 how did you sleep all right what did you watch on netflix you know like oh you're looking well everyone's just super lovely became such a family by the end of it like mm. i love those people so much and um then we go in and we do the morning affirmations and this this is fun to start the day okay and yeah. this is fun so but like, right morning everybody day fun addict Hello, Nathan. And then just like, uh, read what's on the whiteboard. Uh, getting better. Am I getting better? 
I think I am. Higher power, please help give me the strength to get better and take accountability of all my actions. Rah, rah, rah. Today I will get better by dot dot dot. And then we think of something. Mm-hmm. So it could be like um, just being honest with myself. Rah, rah, rah. And then my affirmation is, and then we say an affirmation. And it's, it's typical to say, I am capable of change or a journey of a thousand steps starts with a single step. Or uh, the one that I had on the other week was broken crayon still knows how to color. Oh. <laughs> and we'd have these really, or like, if something, the metaphor. they're good, right? Yeah, if something goes wrong in, in your future. life, yell plot twist and keep going. You know, <laughs> yeah. all these funny little affirmation kind of things. They really set the day off. And we had this guy join us called Robert, who's from London. 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 He's a governor. Yeah. And uh, he, he, he's so funny. So he'd add this element of boisterousness because he won't mind me saying this because he's an open book. I won't tell you all of his story, Mm. but he had been in the Providence and done 20 years of sobriety and then relapsed over the last year and come back to the Providence first thing. Mm. First thing that he, when he, because it's the place he says he knew it works. And, um, but he know he knows the process in and out, so he remembers that an element of like liveliness in the day gets us going. So someone would say an affirmation, and when we do the clap, so like one day at a time, and then we'll go, yeah, man. He'd like say so like one day at a time, and he'd go, you know the score, <laughs> you know, and then it'd be someone else. You know it'd be like, someone like my affirmation is it's time to wake up to the truth, and he'd go, wake up, <laughs> you know, and he just he was so like I love him. Was, yeah, and then the funny thing is, perfect. every time he spoke, he's like. Morning, everybody. I'm Robert. We'd all go, Robert. <laughs> we'd like growl. Right. And just... There's a proper little community being built. Yeah, in this, yeah. Isn't there? And this is the first Beautiful. 10 minutes of the day. Ten... <laughs> yeah, this is the first 10 minutes of the wow. day in rehab. And then we meditate. What so a good do... tone setting that is. It's proper. It, it brings everyone out and it, it says a nice. And I love nice... the playfulness as well. So important a in life. A big part of it. Because one of the biggest fears for anyone in rehab is that it's going to be boring. We're yeah. going to be singing Kumbaya every day. <laughs> lighting candles. Please tell me that came out at least once. <laughs> <laughs> we might have some come by albums, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> so that's 10 minutes in, you've had that. Then we do a meditation like, oh. and some people walk out for that. Towards the end, they were encouraged to stay, but like, so it's, not, it's not for everyone, but it's encouraged that you do it. I got a well, lot Not compulsory. It. Not compulsory, but it is very, very good. Helpful. And we all sit there and then it's like, you know, the, the lights get turned down, the waves come, it's like... Mm. I'd like you to envision yourself sitting with your feelings and whatever comes up comes up and you're just ah, like, uh, sounds lovely it's, lo- it's lovely it's like, it's like um, ocean waves or ambient tones cleaning and... your teeth I suppose it's good to do and it would be very beneficial if you do but if you don't it's not gonna end your world sort of thing yeah, is that yeah, yeah. an idea around a little it? bit uh, I'd encourage I mean step 11 is to seek um salvation through prayer or meditation okay. to to whatever got whatever your understanding of god is it's a, god as they say it could be a group of drunks mm. great outdoors gift of desperation you know all of these doesn't have to be um this this Dog man in backwards, the sky he says that in, yeah in between yeah. us woof woof yeah. you know <laughs> it doesn't have to be a man in, in the yeah. sky so much the whole idea of what god is is literally just a power that you can't abuse a power you can't control you know, because everything, as addicts, anything we can control and manipulate, we will if, mm. we, if we're not taking our own inventory. So a higher power, mine is the sun, yeah. right? I use the sun because, you know, I literally like, I just 
you know it's, it's, it's big it's always there i, I see it most yeah. days you know thank and, you for uh, keeping us alive thank you for keeping us alive <laughs> son you know I, I, as far as i know i can't abuse the sun like no. i can go like <laughs> that's as, as far as i can go imagine with it. it's doing that back at you now <laughs> yeah, like, oh you, you why did you do that i hate that <laughs> i hate it when you do that to me <laughs> <laughs> oh you're funny man you too, you too. i'm loving this it's great <laughs> but so that's that's what the higher power is so through meditating you are you're just you're just kind of stepping away from being dathan or being mikey and just yeah. literally just being in awareness and then once that's over it's like we do the serenity prayer and we'll do that right now so i say god as i understand him her or it grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change the courage to change the things i can and the wisdom to know the difference and we all get up and go for a coffee i agree with all that yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we come in how long was the meditation for sorry meditation but 10 minutes 10 minutes not that's too a, long that's yeah. a beautiful time to just, just sit hmm okay that's perfect then you do your prayer and then you're having coffee together. This co- is a hoot. <laughs> just a big holiday. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the only the only uh, thing you, that you need is just to have had your life fall apart a little bit yeah, to get yeah. in. That's that's the passport to uh, <laughs> to get in. But uh, the cool thing about after you've had, you have a lot of breaks throughout the day. So mm. first break, then affirmation, meditation, then another break, then group therapy for an hour and fifteen minutes. And group therapy is the tits, man. That right. stuff is fantastic. Um, and oh that first week I, you know you're just told you know don't worry just sit back see what happens you know you don't have to you feel free to join in if you want but you know nothing's expected of you you're just there to see how it goes down and it'll be like passed around so do a little check-in and say how you're feeling so yeah uh i'm dating i'm feeling all right today um uh i've got i had a bit of a wobble yesterday i'd like to bring that to group so yeah i'd, I'd like some group time or yeah, no, I'm all right today, mate. Um, nothing really to share. I'm happy to participate, but I don't need any group time. We'll go around. And anyone that did will have a little bit of time, a little chunk, just focusing on that person. And when people, and so um, I might speak and say, oh, mate, like, I'm just, I'm I'm really upset. I'm grieving the fact that I can never just have that one drink, that I can never just have that one spliff again. I'm, like, grieving that. And I had a using dream the other night. And this actually happened. I had this using dream where, I weirdly enough, Charlie just uh, was in the dream and with uh, Kelly from Big, and they were looking it, out of, like into this massive cardboard house that I was hiding in with binoculars, and I was running with this comically huge bag of weed, like running from room to room trying to hide it in this little cardboard house, and they were just they weren't even doing anything. They were just like looking. And then I'd be in another room and they were just looking. And I was like, stop looking at me. And I was just like running around with it. And I, th- I looked at the weed. I was like, oh shit, I'm in rehab. They're going to kick me out. I've got weed. And then I woke up and I was like, oh, oh fuck. It's a good you feeling know? that you felt that relief though. Because <laughs> if you didn't feel that relief, yeah, yeah, it means yeah. you weren't that committed. Well, yeah. I mean, cra- cravings are natural yeah. and everyone gets a craving. It's only the willingness to change your habit. But, but meaning that beautiful feeling of, oh, thank God I'm thank not going to be kicked out. Thank God I'm not going to be kicked out. Thank God, yeah. You really wanted it. You yeah, were in the right I, space. Uh, yeah, and I still do. And I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll work this program every, I feel every it, day. Yeah. You know? I feel it. The cool thing, though, about I speak about this using dream. And then it's like, is it, can anyone else relate to that? And then everyone's like, yeah, mate, oh, I yeah. had a dream about shooting up the other night, you know, uh, fucking horrible, woke up in the sweats. And I'm, you know, just, as I said, with group therapy, I'm, I want to be careful here, just in the, in the confidentiality, confidentiality and respect to my peers, that I'm only going to speak from my own experiences, yeah. um, not to share or overshare about anything 
that they've talked about because yeah. that's one of the things you read at the start of group therapy. We are all here to become a well person. Uh, no isms, no homophobia, no racism, rah, rah, rah. Uh, we'll all listen to each other. Everything that happens in the group stays within the group, mm. you know. Stunning. And, and it's, it's really, so everything that I got from it was fantastic. I've heard some really beautiful, potent things. One, one was a big one. It was the day before my life story. And I was so nervous about people knowing that I used to be a domestic abuser. I was mm. terrified of them knowing that fact. And I told them straight up, like in, in the group, and I just started cr like ugly crying. I was just like proper, just this beside not. myself. Yeah, yeah, proper. Mm. I was beside myself. And a girl walked out the room as I was talking about this. And then she came back in to tell us that you know, she had been a victim of domestic abuse mm. and that that made her feel sick knowing that. And that made me cry even harder. And I was just like, I'm so sorry. And, and this girl, which is an absolute angel, um, and again, I won't say her name or anything, but she just had said, no, that's that's just what it brought up for me. She's like, that's not your fault. That's just what it brought up for me. And I mean, me and her have become fantastic friends. Mm. I mean, she's checked on me today. Like we're, we're, she has helped me a lot. Um, but to get, I guess, to get some level of validation from someone who'd gone through that and for her to say, it's okay, mm. like, that's something you did. It's not who you are. Mm. like, wow. Because you know, I was, for years, I was just like, no, no, but I am. I've done all these, it don't matter about these good things. I've screwed up. They're like, yeah, but were you educated? Did you have any compassion? Did you this? Did you this? And I was like, no, no, I was just a scared, angry little narcissist. And we're like, well, yeah, hmm. of course you were. Of course you were acting like that. Of course you thought everyone hated you because you didn't like yourself that much. And I was just like, you know, mm. it was such a relief, but I was just like, man, I wish I'd known this earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I got a no lot. No regrets, but. Yeah, and group therapy <laughs> taught me. I literally, I remember saying before I told them about this, I said, I'm, I'm scared that if I tell you guys what I've done, that no one's going to like me anymore. No one's going to, like all of you that have started to like me in this first week are just going to be like, nah. And do one pal mm. and it won't like that at all you know that the thing that's encouraged in therapy is you are honest and you know it's 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 a it's, it's a difficult one because ultimately that is still something that i in terms of how society views it mm. i'll always be a little tentative about it yeah. but i've i had opportunities to actually bring that up again towards the end of my treatment there to help mm. someone who was going through it mm. in terms of someone who was you know not necessarily on a physical level, but um, she was getting a lot of mental abuse from her partner, and I and she was saying how how that was affecting her, and I was able to use my experience to basically just kind of elucidate where his head might be at, mm. you know. But um, as I, I could talk all day about that, but the the thing that I valued a lot from group therapy was all the taboo, all the oh my god, we can't talk about that parts of life you can talk about in group therapy with zero judgment again it comes back to that factor you're all in the same place for the same reason so mm -hmm. you're with a bunch of people there that all have their own stories yes uh that they've attached shame to they don't feel proud of mm -hmm. they're hateful towards so they're just there sitting and listening with compassion yeah, going, yeah we get you we're with you and in society when you're saying it out to everybody they're all on completely different rides of life and completely yeah, different places. So that's where you get convoluted conversation from because they don't get it. But 100%. now these people who have surrendered to it understand they it. they're not perfect. Go come in this unperfect, perfect group. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Pretty much. Man. We're all flawed. Yeah, we're well, human. 100%. Dude. And a lot of people who are out 
in the real world think they're unscathed and they they are perfect. Some people do at least. Yeah, there's there's a there's a thing to that as well. Um, a big thing to that, because this is why addicts continue to perpetuate the party even when they know they've fucked up is because they no longer fit in with the the people in life i guess who haven't fucked up yet mm. haven't or re- think they have or think they haven't yeah yeah haven't really done anything that intense or that traumatic to someone and i'm not in any way saying go out and be a mm. dick because that's that's the opposite of what i'm trying i'm trying to say that because some people can just not understand. I have, I would never do that to someone. I can't mm. relate to you. Why would you do that to someone? But there must God, be people must be a, you know, and they that can... have, do do that, yeah. but they can't own it still as well. I, th- I think, so. yeah, and, and that's their trip. But like the yeah. people I, I speak about in this instance is yeah, people that are more likely to really hold on to a clinging judgment of somebody yeah. based on the fact they have no way of relating to the mentality involved in, in hurting somebody or being vicious or, or malicious. To, some people are just through in, throughout really decent people. Mm, and mm. I'm, I say that's awesome. Keep, keep being like that, but you will get some elements of, of, of people that are really like mm. well refined and kind that will, inst- that will actually start to become super mean and judgmental to those who've screwed up because mm. the people who've screwed up it's all there they can all see it where they've screwed up how they screwed up who it affected all of mm. this they can go oh this weirdly enough that ends up corroding them mm. and on a long enough timeline they will become the very kind of dislike that they actually see in that person mm. you know which is it's a tragic thing but it does happen I see what you know? you're saying yeah. I used to think I was very innocent and then I just kept having horrible things happened to me yeah. growing up and, and then I putting it on to everybody else yeah and then world. I was like oh my god they're that awful person, they're awful they do this then I became that yeah you know? yeah, yeah. What? Well, well there's a <laughs> saying there I can't remember what it is but um, what you resist you persist or something mm, but yeah mm, it's, for sure uh, I, that was one of the teachings in the thing I went to recently as well when you're looking over other people yes. and what you hate about them 100%. is within you somewhere so uh, you're repressing it deep down and it's either a way you want to be more like or it's a part of you that you're really trying to control and you don't like and you're yeah, fearful yeah. of so you're not pro- approaching it or looking at it and you're turned away from it so yeah it's th- to understand we're all human we mm. all feel a similar way towards lots of things and be able to look at somebody and go oh i see where that's at that anger or that yeah, disgusting people or whatever it is i go I, I, I know it but i've just learned to talk with it reason with yeah, it channel it and that's that, just yeah, it. it's important so you're having these beautiful chats, you're meeting people that are so on your vibe now and on your level and with you. I knew vibe would get brought into this chat at some point, <laughs> the vibe. The vibe. <laughs> um, did you have any moments of je- breakthrough moments or what do you call them? Penny drop. Penny moments. droppers. Break, breakthrough, breakthrough moments still qualify. M- my course is breakthroughs. So oh, <laughs> yours are the penny droppers. <laughs> Can you imagine the breakthroughs and the penny droppers just me? Yeah, the <laughs> drop penny... The- Break penny, yeah, break penny moments. Penny through drop moments. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, okay. damn, yeah, yeah, sure. I did it. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, loads. Um, and they'd always come specifically when I least expected them. Really? And when I most needed them. Um, they come 
at first when I'm resisting it and when I'm going, no, 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 you don't understand rehab. You don't understand functional rehab center that's been working and you know you don't understand you're wrong i must be right you don't get it and right. rehab's just going yeah and i'm like oh okay you might be right but yeah. but 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 also and it's still going and i'm just like okay yeah okay, rehab you might be right and it's like uh-huh mm. and the the benefit of like us it's so oh Oh, it's just so hard to put into words, man. Mm. It is. I I can't even... I get emotional talking about it, but the gratitude, the fucking gratitude I have for rehab is immeasurable. Um, Purely because it's taught me I'm never, ever done. I'm never, ever fixed. Mm. I'm never, ever perfect. My story will always be long and convoluted. (laughs) The the best way I can keep working on myself is by arriving and, and becoming lighter and lighter and less less of an urge to explain away the past or or over examine the future and mm. to just be mm. in the now um what have you had for breakfast i don't know i, had, I had, <laughs> did have a spoon so i did have a, a vegetarian spoon well we're nice we're in the now yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was it was, it was a, a symbolic but i see will, yeah <laughs> president president <laughs> president <Burp. laughs> president <Burp. laughs> <laughs> I'll vote for He'd be him. Better than most of them now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> More relaxed. But the <laughs> the uh, value that I find from rehab is that it just says just remain teachable. You know, I mean, even just in the whole way that I presented this, I could kick up some anxiety about, oh, should I have talked about this already? Should I have, you know, oh, have I gone on too long about certain stuff? But I know that all I have is now. I can't really change anything that I've talked about on this podcast. There's no Mm. point. It's already just come out. So all I can, and it's like that in life. You can't, stuff just comes out of you and works, flows through you. And it works exactly as it works. Mm. And to fight it and resist it, that's the only thing which keeps us like, uncomfortable now it keeps going oh should i've done this Mm. we need to just become okay yeah that was what it was this is what it is and this will be what it will be i am flawed it's not an excuse to just keep on making mistake after mistake just be open i've gained consciousness now of if i do this thing this is the outcome I didn't enjoy that outcome the last hundred times. What makes me think I'm going to enjoy it this hundred and one time? Yeah, and man. That yeah. Consciousness surrounding it all, all the time. So you get to make choices towards how you operate now. It's being teachable. That's mm. that's the key thing they keep saying, you know. But um, back back to your question, the penny drop moments that I had that were like really profound were the first time was uh, was the when my counselor showed me dude you have some super low self-esteem like which shocked me a little bit because i thought no no i'm like i'm pretty i'm quite confident and it's like the confidence that's not nothing to do with self-esteem mate it's nothing to do it's like you you may be a good performer you may have a, a bit of you know you do some stuff creatively but that makes you feel good for a bit it's like why'd you do it because like, i want people to like me it's mm. like do you like yourself i'm like maybe do you like yourself no i don't <laughs> right it's like right there we go then wow <laughs> so it's like okay so what are you gonna do i'm like well i better work on liking myself so it gives me this module and i've actually got it on me but it's this this like thing that i've been you know i'm still reading through and it's just about uh self-esteem and showing yourself um self-esteem and how talking down about yourself even if it's in a jokey way 
It's not good for your self-esteem. Mm. Not mm. good for yourself. Even if you're just like, oh, man, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a freaking idiot. But hey, you know, that's Please. just who I am. Yeah. It's like, come on, buddy. Like mm. I'd say this thing where I'd say, I'm really, I feel really foolish. And, and Clint would say, like, no, I don't feel foolish, man. You feel silly. Sorry to be silly. Hmm. Don't feel foolish. You're not a fool. I don't see any gestures. I don't see no gestures, bells on you. And I'm like, I like this man. Yeah, <laughs> I love him. <laughs> and he's already, like, yeah. like, and he's like, you know, like, like yourself as much as you like me, or as much as you like the words that are coming out of my mouth. And I'm mm. just like, fuck. Mm. Everything that that and guy that's said. It. Really. What you're seeing in him is just a part of you that you want to be more of. Yes, yes. Mm. So the other penny drop moment was. Um, that was mine there. <laughs> <laughs> the, this was a big one actually because I, I reverted back. I had this. We had this. Again, being respectful, we had a client who lived with us who I found to be quite entitled mm. and spoilt and quite insufferable, and it project. It reminded me of all of my. Um, projections and mm. all of my entitlements and my spoiled self and just this like Veruca salt I want it now <laughs> you know like just that yeah, that yeah, proper no, like no. I was like oh my Watch god that that's... recently yeah me too man <laughs> don't don't move me so good uh, so I watched that and like in, in her and she drove me a bit mad and then I she wanted to leave the house just to, and you're not allowed to leave the house in, you have to leave in groups of three. Mm. If you can go to the shop, you have to go as a three. Because if you go in two, you can be co-conspirators. Mm. If you leave as one, you might as well just go and relapse. You three's know. the magic number. Three's the magic number, yeah. You, you've got other people there. Um, and she was like, right, you can go snitch on me, but I need to go for a run. And she just got into this big argument and I just tried, I just ended up feeling like she's just, oh. Yeah, it's not worth even re-scraping my re resentment in that moment, but I just felt so frustrated that she just couldn't listen. She fully couldn't listen. and just reminded me of all the times I haven't, so I stormed out, and I went off on a run by myself. Ah. Even though that's what she... Almost in a, huh, look, I'm outside, like, you're not allowed to. <laughs> mm. And I just ran off, and then my mate Alex came running after me, and he said, mate, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to sit on this bench by this park for a bit. He's like, right. And he, we trusted each other. I didn't want to break his trust. I said, mate, I'm not going to screw you over. I just need to sit down. I can't be around her right now. He's like, that's cool. That's cool. He goes back to the house. And then I, just, I did. I just sat for a bit. But I came back to the house and I went insane. Like, And when I say insane, I mean, I started rocking back and forth in my room. Mm. And then I was just like, mm. and I was, I, I went into this like, None of my other um, cope, like juvenile coping patterns were working at rehab because they were already all thought out by the, you know, as Clint says, all of us addicts, we have a PhD in bullshit and manipulation. Mm. We all know how to wiggle our way through if there's any wiggle room. And none of my old stuff was working. So I reverted back to how I used to sometimes cope with stuff when I was like 13 or 14 where I just act a bit crazy. And I was just, I went quiet and I just started doing this. But I wouldn't talk and Alex came to check in on me and he wouldn't I wouldn't talk to him I, and he was trying he brought me a tea he brought me a water he was, he was hugging me he was asking me like have I had an allergic reaction do I need my EpiPen have, have I had any drinks he's looking at my eyes take going into my room find the pills he's like have you taken these has to ring support just because I'm, I'm I'm not with it and um this is only like four weeks in so like I'm, I'm in my mind I'm like fuck like I'm still not better mm. I'm still going through it like 
support comes over, he breathalyzes me, he literally like, I'm I'm just in super panic mode and I'm, it's uncomfortable, but I'm literally just, in my mind, I, I'm in this, what's called repetitive motor syndrome. It's where you've stuck in this kind of thing that seems like it's working. It's not healthy. Like we're talking about needs getting met. Like a coping mechanism. Yeah, I'm getting my attention needs met, yeah. but it's so unhealthy. Yeah. And I'm having this, this mental breakdown. I don't reach out to anybody about it. I'm just literally like, and then he... He says, right, sorry, Dathan, we're going to have to kick you out of the house. We're going to have to take you to the, to the detox house to save your rest of the stay here. And then I'm like, no, no. And I start talking again. And it's like, oh, mm. oh. oh so you could talk. And I'm like, and I wanted, to, and the thing is, I said, I want to be crazy. And and he's oh. like, what? And I'm like, I want to be crazy because then you guys know what to do with me. If I'm crazy, if I'm mental, if, I, if I'm absolutely insane you can put me in a straitjacket. you know what to do with me i says like i don't i don't know how to deal with my emotions right now i ran away i didn't know what to do and i've come back and i don't know how to deal with what i'm feeling he says why didn't you just ring us and tell us that huh and i'm like but and then he's like yeah you could just do that like you know the number on the pinboard 24 hours for us to come over and help you if you're struggling just do that and i'm like Oh my uh, God, and he says, well, but the moment. thing, but he says, but because you've acted this way, I have to stay the night now just to make sure for your own safeguarding for the people in the house and for you, I have to make sure that you're safe and that you're not going to like hurt yourself because you're, you're acting crazy. And, and he's, he's saying, you know, I'm going to sit with you. We'll just like have a little, have a little calm down, you know, just come down from the rafters a little bit. But he says, but just mate, just, you know, like he says, we've all been there, bro. He says, you do realize that's, it's that's like that child in you. That's yeah. that 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 child. Once again, it may have developed a really complicated way of doing it, but it's just, he says it's not. You can admit that's not a healthy way yeah. to get your needs met. And I'm just apologising like a million times until he literally bans me from saying sorry because I've said sorry that I'm yeah, like so yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. He's like stop it, stop. Just you've got to forgive yourself, mate. And he says you need to you need to figure out where this comes from because mm. he says because trust me if you're out there in the world they are not going to understand and have that. you figured that out yeah yeah i figured that out it's um that is something i feel like the lesson of what i learned from it is not something i'll, I'll share on here okay but is in it all it came back to to was just like this need to be different yeah this, the, i'd already had that from just being called Dathan my whole life you know I've already been like a pretty different person but there's been a part of me that capitalized on being different and wanted to be I didn't want my I didn't want my addiction normalized or my life normalized I wanted to be the outlier the rainbow sheep everyone else is in a line I'm over there doing a handstand Ah. so it was like this element look how crazy and it's like yeah that that was probably really cute when you were little i love how you not... digested this whole story <laughs> like how you've gone through it and how you've learned your lessons and how you can put it into and how you articulate it it's fucking phenomenal mate yeah it's i mean brilliant. thank you it. it's as a 29 year old it was it, for me anyway it was quite shameful to to have all this stuff spelled out because i like to think and i said i said this i like to think i'm more intelligent than this but he says mate it don't come down to intelligence you're not well that's why you're here mm. so you, you've got a, what's called a spiritual malady which means you're going to do really what's called tragic or absurd actions or behavior in order to get your needs met because you don't have your drugs mm. you, we've taken them you know that avenue away from you so you're reverting back to these childlike states in order to to get and, and he says and, and it's going to it's going to wound your pride, mate. It's going to really tarnish your ego. But he says, but that's good because you're finally learning, right, If I, even if I do this, 
I still don't get my need met. I better find a healthier way to cope with mm. it. You know. And the third penny drop moment These was a good penny drop moments, by the way. Yeah, I'm yeah. really enjoying it. I'm like, yeah, come on, hit me. <laughs> it's, it's cool, it's cool. So yeah. that second one, that was a I was I needed a two or three days of just being very fragile after that. I was mm. I was just being very I felt very tender. I wasn't because I at rehab you know, I'm very like ah and you know, very boisterous, but those first few days I was just like just like just just mm. just just wanted to be wallpaper, wanted yeah. to be a house plan, just like don't focus on me. I'm I'm here for you, but don't you know, I'm just I was just amazed at my like, why why did it okay, okay, self forgiveness, fine, fine, fine. You know, and just realizing I, that I'd had I had to do so much growing up and that I just maybe people have always been able to see that in me that I'm emotionally immature but you know when you see it yourself and you realize how late to the party you've been so to speak really just made me go like I'm glad this happened here as opposed to out there and the third penny drop moment came in my last week and it came with me going through you know in the exorcist where she turns her head like all the way around I had these like 180 moments of what I wanted to do and I must have had so many. I would like that last from The Exorcist. I was turning my head so much. So at first I was like, right, I need to go back to the Midlands. Then I was like, wait, if I go back to the Midlands, I'll be with my parents and they'll make me relapse and the Midlands will make me relapse. That's where I first started using. Oh no. And then I was like, wait a minute. I've got a better idea. As opposed to having some rational stepping stones, I'll move down south. I won't come back to the Midlands. That's what I'm going to do. You know, and I'm, I'm deciding this. I'm like, yo, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay down in the south. I'm never coming back to the Midlands ever again. Goodbye, everyone that I ever met up there. I need to stay down here and focus on my recovery. Then I'm like, wait a minute. That's a terrible idea. I don't really know many people down here. What am I doing? And then I just had a total panic and I rang the support like I've been asked to or at least my friend Alex did and we finally had someone come over make me a tea and come on in and just sit down and say what's going on Dathan and I said I don't have a plan when I leave rehab I don't know what I'm doing at all ah uh, like, all right sit your tea let's have a think and we just break it down, break it down what we're going to do. And it's mm. not about panicking about the future. It's like, well, where do you want to go? And it's like, well, I can't go back with my parents. And they're like, why? You keep saying that. Why? What? What's so bad about them? Are they abusive? And I'm like, no. I'm like, okay, well, that's that's great. Like, they, 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 they care about your recovery? I'm like, yeah. Like, and they start just going through this tick list till they realize, what, these people sound like great, lovely people. What's the problem, Nathan? And I'm like, well... In the past, whenever I'm around them too long, if I'm sober, then I, I, I use again, and it's their fault. And he's like, <laughs> is it their fault, or have you used them as an excuse to use? And I'm like, no, 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 you don't get it, you don't get it, you don't get it. My dad, he was one of the first reasons that I used, so, so, so it was him, it's him. Mm. They're like, but everything you've just said, that we've got on this bit of paper... Yeah. that says that your dad has tried, he loves you, cares about you, is in regular contact, wants you to be better... Like, that doesn't sound like a man that wants you to relapse or is trying to get you to relapse. He's like, are you sure it's not you, Nathan? I'm like, I'm like no, I don't want another penny drop. Not now. Yeah, yeah. Not now. I've already had them. I've already, I've done it. I've done, I beat my addiction. Mm. I've figured it out. I've, I've recovered. I'm not in recovery. I've recovered. Yeah. And they're like, no, mate. It's, it's every day. Every day you've got to do this inventory on yourself. Every day you've got to look and be teachable. And I was, I was just like, so it's me. And they're like, yeah, yeah, but that's fine. Just realize that you've got a part of you that wants to use. So it's going to use your parents or the Midlands or any old relationships as an avenue of excuse. Mm. So it says, so go back because what you're experiencing is fear. And then they said this, either fuck everything and run 
Mm. Or face everything and recover. So I went back and I saw my parents. I decided I'd had a phone call with them. We had a big talk about just boundaries and the healthiest way I could be for them. And I just apologized for always using them as an excuse to use. And I said, I'm ready to come back if you'll let me. If like I can forgive myself through being around you guys, reconnect with the family. And I says, and I will, you know, I will respect you. And I said, I'm just so sorry that I put you guys through this hell. All you guys have ever wanted is for me to get better. The best way I can show you that is by staying clean. Mm. And that were it. Wow. Yeah. And what was the encounter like when you were with them? Was it beautiful? So good. You I couldn't stop. Feel yeah. great? Lots of hugs and lots of love. And my mum, bless her, she'd taken, she'd, for three weeks, she'd sewed the serenity prayer into it, into like this little thing on a frame for me, like this little, just gone to all that trouble just to, just to sew it. And yeah, I mean, last night it was absolutely beautiful. My dad came and picked me up and we drove, we drove and we just had, we were just singing together, singing Mm. to old musical songs and the carpenters and just like being all silly. And um, then when I saw my my mom, it was lovely. And we've lost our dog as of last week as well. He died. Yeah. Zach in the, in the great garden in the sky. He, uh, He's up there with Mowgli, man. He, yeah. he went a few, about a month ago. Oh, really? They're out there together, oh, man. They're having a little well. poo and sniff. and Sniffing each other's bum. Yeah, that's for it. Sure, that's all, sure. all I need to know. <laughs> that does actually make me feel better. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah so they, I, I thought about that. And everything with going on in Ukraine and everything. And I just thought, family is so important right now. You know, and it's it's just really hit home. And then, you know, I've checked my peers. They've checked in with me, asked me how... I went to a meeting last night. My parents, they go to a meeting as well called Al-Anon, which is specifically for parents who, this was parents a, of addicts. This basically. was a question and I wanted to ask earlier on, Yeah, but it's come back round to it. Obviously, you know what to do as an addict for your recovery and what's going on. Yes. For family, mm-hmm. it must be so hard to live with an addict and somebody you love so much and all you want to do is protect and save. Yeah. Do you have any advice for families that are struggling or a a parent listening to this now that has got somebody suffering? Do you have any thoughts on what they could do to help them? Is Uh, there anything they can do? Yes. Um, I mean, one of the things with addicts is just get yourself to a meeting. Um, put them off for a while but they they do help once you actually physically go to a meeting or go to a zoom one and hear other people speaking the same language it really helps my parents they went to their second one um last night so i was upstairs in the bath doing my zoom meeting for marijuana anonymous and they were downstairs doing what's called Alanon, and that is specifically for parents of of people of, of, of addicts so we as addicts, we use the the space to go, oh, it's so hard being an addict. And Alanon, the parents all go, oh God, having okay, yeah. having an addict as a kid, as a son or a daughter, like, and they, it's that beautiful space to moan about us and feel to, mm. like they can, because they haven't done anything wrong. But as addicts, we've made them feel like they have, which is the most heartbreaking element of addiction. Is it doesn't just affect us; so, it affects everyone. A piece of advice is instead of forcing somebody that you love through it mm-hmm. go and do your own working on you and your own fixing for your situation for you and thus it may help them in that as a byproduct yeah i guess like the yeah yeah i, I forget that i think the the thing i'd like i said with just in terms of giving advice i'm not i'm not a parent yeah my only frame of reference is that i'm an addict that lost control that is not even 
I'm, I'd like to think I'm better, but mm. I'm not like, I've, I haven't got better. I'm, I'm just, I'm progressively always going to get better. I've still got a lot of shit to work through. Mm. Um, and in terms of knowing what to advise to parents, all I would yeah. say is just communication Brilliant. and being assertive. Do you think and clear, oh, this, this is a good, this okay. is a good one as well. Boundaries. Yes. Boundaries are one of the biggest things that begin to melt away when the addict doesn't get what they want or, or wants what they want. You know, they'll do absolutely anything to just slowly just sidestep around boundaries. And mm. after a while, that can dig away and chip away at the parents' self-esteem. Sadly, it did with mine. You know, I also have to attribute that when we come out, when we're in recovery, we can feel like, oh, mate, you know, I'm, I'm killing it. I'm killing it. Like, I'm, I'm this many months sober. Isn't that amazing? And... um Clint, he always had a good phrase about this. He says when he got back out, he stopped using crack and heroin and he came back out of rehab and he was like, hey, mom, I'm nine months sober. And she's like, so is the cat. Nah. You know, she's just like, what? That's okay, cool. The thing is, we may be, oh, this is really great. I'm feeling good now. But it's as much my parents' journey of recovery as mm. it is mine because they have to get to just be themselves again without having to feel to constantly rescue me or just feel the stress and the pressure they're getting good night's sleep again so as much as i may feel oh yeah i'm mm. back i have to be patient with them because they they went through so much having me as yeah. a son as an addict that they're having to just like just get to know themselves again mm. and the best way that i can support them through that is clear communication respecting their boundaries making sure that they feel they can communicate their boundaries with me which they have done really well and i, I love them both so dearly and just staying clean man that's mm. that's literally i'm I, when i say i'm in it for the long haul i, I, I feel it man you get an understanding and an authenticity in people don't you where you go this is real now there's no yeah, facade baby. there's no here's what i want you to think i'm saying and here's what i want you to feel it's just this is my story this is my journey and i'm being really true with you where i'm at that's all What's i want to say all, man. yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you all the way man i'm really proud of you you've thanks. been thanks man an amazing podcast guest. Have you enjoyed your first podcast? Yeah, hundred percent. We're nearly man. two hours in. Oh, we actually. Yeah, what the fuck? We smashed it. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy wild. <laughs> um, okay, we just did a great sort of dialogue for parents there. Into this camera here, if you want. <laughs> what would you say for somebody who's feeling out of control with their life now with addictions? Have you got advice for them to take that first step? without having to crash the car okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course i wouldn't recommend it um, yeah <laughs> um i'm gonna smoothie up for this one just because mm. i need a little moment to to think about that i like that too because a part of me was always just say something to fill the space whereas that being able to sit reflect think about it and then say what you want to say i yeah. think that's so good it's just the only reason why i struggle is just because we've we're advised a lot in therapy sessions and that rehab as a whole to not give advice, I okay. guess. But but it is still something when when it was asked of us, like group therapy members would ask us, Hey, can you give us some advice? And then we'd 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 try to dig deep mm. and, and we'd we'd give them some. So but based on what you've just asked me, I would literally say if anyone out there is struggling or has any you know, has just started to notice that their use has become unmanageable. And that's the key word. If you genuinely don't feel you really have a hold on it anymore, if it just keeps causing problems, if you're unconsciously kind of not enjoying it anymore, if it's not really got that joy, I would reach out immediately 
to not necessarily to friends or family because ultimately you may have already tried that you may have already done that many times I would reach out to other addicts I would get yourself to a meeting it sounds I used to think it was so cliche to hear that get yourself to a meeting like fuck I don't want to go to a meeting they sound boring as hell but nah Mm -hmm. it is incredible it's life-changing you'll meet some fantastic people there some of the sweetest most considerate attentive people because when we're not using we're all that care that we newly put into measuring out grams or like skilling mm. up or, or measuring the shots, whatever. All that care goes back onto people and back onto ourselves. You know, everyone's terrified of asking for help. But the sad thing is, is you won't ask for help because your life may not have got to a bad point yet. Mm. You know, the big the big thing is this is this is this term yet. You know, and I I really do feel that that's one of the big the big elements is is that like they often say you've hit rock bottom a lot sooner you know than than it actually has uh, i do have a little poem i actually come to may oh of course i call so it recovery we we can't finish without a beautiful poem that's the the rhythmical might way <laughs> the rhythmical might <laughs> and what's your poetry name uh, solid shruzik shruzik yeah. man shruzik through thick and thin oh. all right you ready i'm ready recovery yeah, what did you think? Did you like it? Please tell me that's not it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to throw this mic in you. <laughs> you got me built up for nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was silly. Okay. Time for a realisation. Coming in live, me and my station with you in five, four, three. Fuck it, no patience. I've got to get this out right now. It's bigger than a box of mountains, prouder than a thousand pounds. It's louder than a lot of people I know One powder. The power of this point is pure and potent. My mind is opened, not just for the moment, holy like a mushroom breakthrough or your first MDMA debut, no. Better take it slow. That's the right way to grow. I know this all in theory. Practically, I feel it near me. I've had reasons to be an addict. I've seen trauma. I've been manic. Pre-medicinal, it was magic until it was a panic-inducing habit. Not one spliff, not one drink. This octopus got the doctor's ink. Self-medicate, I prescribe addiction. Can't face reality, try the fiction. I've hurt friends and relatives and partners. I got so negative because no one stands between me and my fix. Give me two different types and I'll mix weed. Be the wife and drinks a side bitch. Living for the high, I I wanna die rich, hit rock bottom sooner than I thought, but I got back up just to try sorting myself out with a break or a cleanser, a cut down detox. Oh, it never ends. Gradually, I'm looking at my life getting gradually, I'm looking at my life getting worse. It's a pain I'm numb to, but it still bloody hurts. It's beyond words. Haven't lost a limb yet, but the brain still works. Then bam. Damn, hit by the consequence of kicking up a fuss, falling off the fence, into the pond. Yeah, that's right, I was wrong. My gear may be good and my weed might pong, but it's been a long time since I've been strong. I'm trapped, I'm caught, man, I'm shamed and I'm seen. And those involved don't seem to know what the hell I mean. I may be the receipt of the freak that I've been, but I can't face a thing until I look within. Mm. So I'll look within, looking, looking. Is that it? Hmm. Distracted. Gone. To a higher power I have never belonged. Fucking affirmation. Stuff your om. Huh. Yeah. So long. Man, I've looked. Sorry, but I'm not hooked. I'm a little bit bored right now. Gonna find some excitement. Then fun turns into frightening so fast like lightning speed. Mm. Then I'm caught and I'm nicked. I remember this bit. How did I think I were gonna get away with it? I guess I'm powerless to the pride and the pain. And if I try to look within, then I must look again. Hmm. Just feelings. Uncomfortable, but hey, I guess they will pass them feelings. 
I slow my focus down like wind through winter grass, it's healing. In my head I made this such a greater task I'm feeling. So grateful I've got peace by the plateful. Look, let me just put it this way, anything that happens is just for today. We are more than enough, okay, no drugs don't mean that I can't play a part in this world. I am not above it. I can be myself again and I love it. Mm. This is the truth I'm trying to say that you're the only one in your way. Oh, dude. Fucking stunning. That was really good. Thanks, babe. That was uh, Eminem on roids. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that was stunning. Thank really, you, really good. How long did that just come out as a free ride? 30, Not... mi- 30 minutes. Really? I can imagine. I can yeah, honestly. Yeah, I, fe- a... I, fe- I felt it. Yeah. <laughs> that was raw, uncut. This is what I need to say. Yeah, buddy. Brr. And the bit where you had the conflict with yourself as well. Mm-hmm. I love that you wrote it in there because most people do try and keep the polished version oh just go inside yeah i feel this let's go yeah, but yeah you had all not, the demons it's the and... resistance yeah, oh, yeah fucking stunning right i'm gonna go for a wee now so cool, yeah. you, wanna... <laughs> you need one too yeah sure do, do you mean... want to wrap it up or... mate of course i am all righty this is how i do it Whoa. guys you've been a part of the old farm bus dathan where can they find out all your stuff uh, shruzik.bandcamp.com shruzik on youtube shruzik on spotify shruzik 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 on instagram and facebook shruzik hello you heard him <laughs> you heard him it's shruzik i appreciate all of you i'm gonna leave you on this i always do thank you for being here you beautiful set of buggers just be nice to one another see you later yay <laughs> <laughs>